Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. John, the fourth chapter, in verse 22, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. There's a lot of folks that don't know what they're worshiping. When it comes to God, when it comes to spiritual things, they don't have the foggiest idea of what they're doing. But we do. I said we do. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Do we have any Jews in the house this morning? Well, if you've been born again, born of God, the Bible classifies you as a spiritual Jew. A spiritual Jew. I'm not going to get into a whole thing on that. But verse 23, he says, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers, those that know what they're doing. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Notice Jesus didn't say they'll worship me. Now, is it okay to worship Jesus? Yes. Yes, it's okay to worship Jesus. You can worship the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're God. But... Notice what Jesus said. He didn't say you'll worship me. He said you'll worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Notice that. The Father is looking for worshipers. That's what the Father is looking for. He's looking for people that will worship him. Worship him in spirit and in truth. So we need to get to know our Father. We need to get to know Him. Because to know Him is to worship Him. See, you got to get to know Him to really be a real, true, honest-to-goodness worshiper. A lot of folks look like they're worshiping. I'm not talking about here. I'm just talking about in the world. A lot of folks look what they're, like, like they're worshiping, but they don't, know who, they don't know what they're doing. That's what Jesus just finished saying. They don't know what they're worshiping. They don't know what they're doing. So he said to this woman, he said, you don't know what you're doing. He said, but the true worshipers, see, they, they know what they're doing. Why? Because they know the Father. They know the Father. And how do we know the Father? It's through the Son. It's through Jesus. Jesus came to bring us to the Father. He didn't come to bring us to himself. He came to be a bridge, to be a bridge for us to come over to the Father, to be able to draw near to him. Remember, Jesus did not come to do his own will. He came to do exactly what the Father sent him to do. You see that over in Galatians chapter 1 in verse 4, talking about Jesus who gave himself... For our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. 
So notice, Jesus did what he did according to not his will, but according to the Father's will. According to God, his Father, our Father, he came, became our sins for us, and delivered us from this present evil age, or this very present evil world. Thank God. He has delivered us from an evil world through Jesus. Through Jesus, there's deliverance from all the evil in the world. But Jesus did not do it of himself. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't come because it was of himself to do so. He came according to the will of the Father. So everything is about the Father. Jesus was always pointing us to the Father. Jesus himself was always talking about the Father. And last time we were together on Sunday, we were looking at John, the fifth chapter. And just how many times Jesus was referring to the Father. He was constantly referring to the Father. And many, many verses over there in John 5, the Father's mentioned twice per verse. I mean, just constantly referring to the Father. And how many people know Jesus came also to be an example for you and I, uh, how to live our life. And your life, the Christian life, is to be all about the Father, knowing the Father, having a relationship with the Father, walking with the Father. That is what life is all about. It's knowing the Father. It's walking with Him, having a relationship with Him. So we spent most of the time last time in John 5, and then we hit a little bit in John 8, and I want us to pick up there in John 8 this morning, John's Gospel, chapter 8, to know him is to love him, to love him is to worship him. And so this is what he's looking for. He's looking for true worshipers, so you and I need to get to know him. So worship just overflows out of our life. I'm going to say it again. This is what life is all about. This is what your life is all about. Jesus was sitting, talking to some friends. And he was talking about the Father, no doubt. This woman, Mary, was sitting at his feet. But Martha, she had a lot going on in her life. Her life was full of so many things to do. People to see, places to go, things to prepare. Busy life, busy life, busy wife. Busy, busy, busy. And so, as you know, in her busyness, she got anxious, frustrated, and she cried out to the Lord Jesus, and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister Mary has left me to serve all alone? And Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and concerned about many things, but only only one thing. In your very busy life, you're living for so many things. There's so many things to do. There's so many things to accomplish. So many places to go and people to see. So much to accomplish. And Jesus has the audacity 
the audacity to say to this woman that's got all this stuff going on, hey, only one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that. She's sitting here learning about the Father. And it's not going to be taken away from her. She's chosen the good part. What have you chosen? Well, this morning we've chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. And for him to come and teach us. Teach us about the Father. Teach us about the Father. Show us the Father. I want to see the Father. I want to understand the Father. I want my heart to overflow with such awe and wonder of the Father that my reaction is to just worship Him. Just worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I want to live that way. I want to live that way. I want to function that way every day of my life. Just functioning in the Father. Functioning in Him. Flowing in Him. Thinking of Him. So that everything that we're doing, we're doing in Him. Aware of Him. Out of love for Him. Wanting to please Him. Wanting to obey Him. We're looking to follow Him. This is all about him. It's not about us. It's not about the business. It's not about the finances. Not about the kid. Not about this. Not about that. No, they're all about him. So everything we're doing that involves the finances, the business, the money, the kids, this, that, things, things. See, everything that we're doing that involves all those things are all wrapped in him. It's all wrapped in. We're wrapped in him. We're just wrapped up in him. Because he's our life. He is what it is all about. See, we need to be conscious of that. The Father is with me. The Father will never leave us. And he will never forsake us. John, the 8th chapter. Remember, the Bible does not say Jesus loved the world so much that he came to save us. It doesn't say that. Jesus said, God, the Father, loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten Son. See, I've been sent from the Father to help you. The Father sent me. And, of course, we see it again in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before going to the cross, Jesus being greatly distressed by what he was about to accomplish Cried out to the Father three times in prayer. Father, not my will, but your will be done. If there's any possible way, this cup can pass from me. Nevertheless, see, if there's any way, any other way we can do this. He's looking to the Father. And then he says, not my will, but yours be done. I'll do it for you. So many times we, we just kind of miss it. You know, we say, Jesus, you know, he, Jesus died for me. No, he didn't. Jesus did not die for you. Jesus died for the Father. The Father sacrificed Jesus for you. The Father crucified Jesus for you. The Father sent Jesus for you. Jesus did not send himself. He did not die for you. He followed the Father.
It wasn't his will. He had a separate will. And he shows us that. But his will was perfectly submitted to the Father his entire life. So that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Because his will was completely submitted to the Father. And we see that there at the very end. I'm excited about seeing the Father. Someday we're going to see the Father. Hallelujah. He's not just God. He's our Father. Say it. Say, God's not just God. He's my Father. See, that's real personal. And we need to get personal with our God. You know, I've shared the story. Bears repeating. You know that time I was going through a a rough time. The devil was messing with my mind and making me feel like I wasn't worthy to be at Bible school. That's where I was at the time. He was trying to make me feel like I wasn't spiritual enough. I didn't fit in and that I should just leave. And he was harassing me day after day after day. Just telling me, you're just a flesh creature. You don't belong here. Well, by the fourth day of that, or fifth day of that, I was done. I mean, I was, in my mind, I'm a flesh creature. I don't belong here. So I'm getting ready to leave, like many people have left this church. Because that same lie. I know, I know the devil has pulled that on a lot of people. And people have left. Well, these people are spiritual. And I, I just don't fit in here. I just don't belong. They're just, I just don't have it. I just, well, I know what that's like. So thank God I didn't follow it. I started to. I'll be honest with you. I started to. I was leaving. And, uh, and the Lord called me to come and sit down with him on a park bench as I was headed towards my car. So I went over and I sat down on the park bench and I flung open my Bible. And man, I felt carnal. I felt fleshy. I felt earthly. I felt natural. Not that I was doing anything earthly or natural. It's just that the devil kept telling me I was that. This is what I was. And I finally believed him. Yeah, I mean, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Devil just kept saying the same thing, same thing, until I finally, I believed it. Meanwhile, I'm out there, consecrated, holy, living for God, doing what he's called me to do. But because I wasn't feeling spiritual like it appeared other people were feeling at that time, because I was in a certain, you know, services where people really seemed to be experiencing the presence of God, I started looking at all of them and comparing myself to them. But it wasn't even of me, it was the devil, he was leading me into this. And so in comparing myself to them, I began to feel like, well, I'm just a flesh creature. I don't belong here. So I believed I just, I just, I felt so unspiritual. I felt the very opposite of what I felt a little while ago while we were just worshiping God. And so I couldn't have done that. And I mean, because I just, I just felt so fleshy and so unspiritual. But I did know God was my father. And that's what rescued me. I sat down on the bench and I said, I said, God, I pulled my tie off. I said, sometimes I come to you. I mean, I didn't even sound nice. You know, it didn't even sound spiritual. I mean, I just sounded like me. I said, God, sometimes I come to you and you're God. And I'll worship you and I get on my knees and you're Lord. And I'll lift my hands to you. I said, but right now. You're my father and I'm your son and we need to have a father and son talk. That's what I said. 
Now, what was I saying by saying that? What was I, what was I communicating to myself to try to help me connect with God? I was letting myself know that I didn't have to put on some kind of spiritual air or get into some kind of spiritual mode for my dad to talk to me. If he's my dad, then you should just be able to talk to me. I shouldn't have to get on my knees. I shouldn't have to lift my hands. How many of you know he's worthy of that? That's not where I was. And thank God I understood that him just being my father made this thing really easy. This is easy. This is, this is simple. My God, my father, my dad is going to talk to me. Period. So I said, you're my dad. You're my father. I'm your son. Talk to me. And you know what? He did. <laughs> Hallelujah. He talked to I looked down at my Bible because that's where you go when you want to hear from God. You don't go out to the garden and go, oh, two red birds just flew by. What does that mean? I've heard that a red bird symbolizes, oh, please, the spirits of those who have departed. Why did that happen? Why did that deer come walking up at that very moment? Maybe because it was hungry. I don't know why. Don't get weird. No weird. So you say, God, not weird. God is not weird. He's not weird. He's our father. And we get real comfortable with God as our father. We need to have that. But then also we need to know he's still God. He's still holy. He's still awesome. He's still amazing. And we are in awe of him. Got to have them both. I said, you got to have both. So I sat down, opened my Bible. Wham, man, the first verse I started reading. God just started speaking to me. And within, I mean, within seconds, a couple minutes, pulled me right out of this deep pit of doubt and unbelief and just yuck that the devil had been digging, digging, day after day after day. The devil finally, he got the thing deep enough that he was able to kick me into it. Finally got me down there. Just about ready to start throwing the dirt on me and whoop, here I come flying up out of it. Just within a couple seconds, I am free and I am stronger than I was before. Started talking to some of my friends that were going to the same class and, you know, God was moving in that class and people were having wild experiences and, uh, and it turns out some of my friends felt the same exact way. They were going through the same thing. I was able to pull them right out of it. Not I, but the grace of God. That helped me. Was able to help them. I came out of it stronger. So the devil did all that work. It just got ruined in just a few seconds. But it came, that deliverance came by knowing God is my father. You need to know him as your father this morning. But then we need to not get so over into feeling comfortable with God as our father. We get into familiarity. And, and we, don't know how to, we don't know how to honor him, worship him, and recognize he's holy and walk holy before him. Very important that we walk holy before him because there's nothing unholy in God. There's no, not even a shadow of darkness in him whatsoever. He is perfection. He is light. And he's working with us because his mercy endures forever. Amen? 
And so when we need mercy, we pull on that mercy. But we're not just going to live here day after day after day as old sinners that need mercy. No, 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 no. We're going to receive the righteousness of God and walk holy even as he is holy. And if we do miss it, if we do sin, then what's going to happen? We will confess that and know that he's merciful and holy. And just our father grabs us and pulls us right back in there with him. But when he gets us back in there with him, we forsake that which is displeasing to him and destructive to us. And we walk in the grace of God, walking holy even as he is holy. Can you say amen? Praise God. So over here in John 8, verse 28, it says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Notice what Jesus says, As my Father taught me. Jesus did not learn things on his own. In fact, when the religious people were trying to understand how he knew the word so well, having not gone to the seminary, they said to him, they said to one another, they said, how does this man understand letters having never been taught? And Jesus said, my doctrine, my teaching is not mine, but him who sent me. Jesus says here, the Father taught me. The Father taught me. The things that I know. Think about it. All the wisdom. We talk about the wisdom of Jesus. Incredible wisdom that came out of his mouth. Think about all the things that he knew and he understood. How did he know these things? Someone says, well, he was God come in the flesh. Well, yes, he was God come in the flesh. But when he came in the flesh, he left all his divine attributes as God behind. And he became a man. Completely dependent on God. He was a baby. He was a baby. He had to grow up. He had to be taught. He had to get an education. And Jesus received his primary education from the Father. Some things he got from his mother, probably learned how to walk, you know, from other, from other people helping him to walk. Maybe learn the ABC or whatever that might be in Hebrew. You know, he learned that people taught him things. No doubt men taught him things. People taught him things. But... His primary teacher, the one that gave him the wisdom that he had, was the Father. So in other words, there was a day where Jesus went, wow, I see that. How many people know with God, there was never a day like that. God never one day had a bright idea. God knows everything all the time, right? He doesn't, you know... God's not learning. God's not learning anything. He's perfect. He's complete. He knows all things, everything that is to be known. I mean, it's beyond the mind to grasp the knowledge of God, the depth of God, and his understanding. It's absolutely, completely limitless. But it wasn't so with Jesus. 
wasn't so with Jesus. There were days Jesus rolled open the Bible, the scrolls, was in there reading, and he saw it. He's like, I see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. And I got that. Before Jesus went out there at 30 years of age, out there into the ministry, he was getting all kinds of revelation from the Father. I mean, look at him there, 12 years of age, in the temple, right? He's listening to the teachers. Bible say, you know, a lot of people think that Jesus was in the temple teaching them. He wasn't teaching the teachers. He was listening to them and asking questions, and they marveled at his understanding of the Scriptures, that he was able to even ask such questions at 12 years of age. But it was all questions. He wasn't teaching. He was learning. He was asking. He was seeking. Just like he tells us, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. He says that to you and I from personal experience. Jesus himself was a seeker. He sought God. He sought understanding of God and God's ways. He sought the Father. So Jesus was learning all kinds of things. I mean, you think at 12 years of age, the depth that was already there of things that he was understanding because of spending time with the Father. Now here he is 30, 31, 32. I mean, he is just overflowing with all the things that the Father has taught him. And the awesome news is that the same Father that taught Jesus is the same God and Father that wants to teach you. He wants to teach you. How many of you know he taught Jesus really well? He's a good teacher. I mean, you come out of his class. I got news for you. Look over at Jesus. Jesus graduated from that same class. And now you're going to go there and you're going to sit at the feet of the same master teacher that Jesus learned from. Well, I mean, if you're taught by God like Jesus was, then you could probably grow up and be a lot like Jesus, which is what he actually expects of us. Several scriptures in the Word of God tell us that. To be just like Jesus. He wants to teach you. Think about how precious that is. Think about what an awesome opportunity that is to sit at the feet of God the Father and be taught by Him. Could anything be better? Can anything be better? No! This is what we have available to us. When we're talking about prayer, getting in the Word, spending time with God, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about sitting at the feet of the Father and the Father teaching us everything that he taught Jesus. Everything he taught Jesus, he'll teach you and I. He'll teach you and I. John chapter 6, Jesus said, It is written in the prophets. 
And they shall, not just him, they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. So people were coming to Jesus, and Jesus said, before they even came to me, they had already had to have heard from the Father. Probably none of them were really conscious of it. But nevertheless, they had heard from the Father to come to Jesus. Over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and in verse 9, it says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. You yourselves, you yourselves are taught by God. Notice the confidence the Apostle Paul spoke those words to the church at Thessalonica. He says, you yourselves are taught by God. We are taught by God. Psalm 71, verse 17, it says, Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. From my youth you have taught me. That's the benefit of being born again at a young age. You know, sad. Some of these, some of these young people, you know, they're raised in a Christian home and they think, well, I gotta go out there and I gotta experience what my dad and mom did when they were idiots. I mean when they weren't saved. You know, I gotta go out there and find out what it's all about. Okay. Have fun. Gonna pay a very bad price. And it's so sad. Because what you could be doing is doing something your parents never knew that they could do. And that was sit at the feet of the Father and be taught by God. Hallelujah. So that the time you're at their age, you're ten times what they are as Christians. A hundred times. Just depends on what you want to put into it. How much do you want to sit at the feet of your father? How much do you want to hear from your father? How much do you want to be taught from your fa- by your father? How much do you want him to teach you? The psalmist said, from my youth, you have taught me. Wow. Let that be your testimony. From my youth. From my youth. God has been my teacher. How wise, how smart could you become? As a child of God, sitting at the feet of the Father and being taught by Him. Psalm 119, a a psalm that just, I grabbed a hold of because it gripped me when I was newly saved. Psalm 119, verse 97. I mean, the first year I was saved, I just kept reading this. I was just so, I, honestly, I was just so, I was so amazed by this. I was just so amazed by this. That I was like, yeah, wow. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just related to it. I thought, this is going to be me. I want this to be me. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments... Make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients or the aged. Because I keep your precepts. I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for or because you yourself have taught me. When God teaches you, you're going to be the smartest person around. You're going to be the wisest person around. You'll be wiser, smarter than your teachers. You'll outsmart your enemies. You'll outsmart the devil. Why? Because God is the one teaching you or he has taught you. Just like Jesus. Jesus was never outsmarted by the enemy because the Father had taught him. The Father had taught him. And so therefore, he had God's wisdom to face whatever came his way. And the Bible says over in 1 John chapter 2 and in verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from from him. God, your father, has put an anointing in you. You understand how, it, how this whole thing works. Jesus came, and then he went to the father and received from the father the Holy Spirit to pour the Holy Spirit out on us. That's how that worked. Jesus went to the Father, he rose from the dead, he went to the Father and received from the Father the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was his reward. And he came and he poured it out on us. He anointed you and I with the Holy Spirit. He anointed our spirit and then when we get baptized in the Holy Ghost, he anoints our flesh. He empowers us physically. To do things that we could never do in our own strength. Like cast out devils and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Or drink deadly things, poisonous things, knowing it won't hurt us. Just shake off vipers. Knowing nothing will by any means harm us. Thank God for the anointing. But see, it came from the Father. You've received the anointing from the Father. Through Jesus. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Someone says, well now, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. Yep. And here it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's teaching us. Not the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that's teaching us. Well, you got to go back to what Jesus said in John 16, 13. Jesus said, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Watch this. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So everything the anointing, the Holy Spirit teaches you, he's not teaching of himself. He's acting as the connection between you and the Father. Just like right now, 
you're hearing my voice being amplified through these speakers. My voice is coming out of these things over here. It's not just coming out of here. It's coming out of here, but it's going through here. And coming out these speakers. Holy Spirit is like those speakers. And you got one speaker over here. And you got one speaker over here. And you got a couple speakers hanging up there. And we got somebody back there with some headphones on. And they're hearing my voice come through there. And just like those speakers, the Holy Spirit is in you, and in you, and in you, and in you, and in you. And the Father is sitting on his throne, and he's put all these speakers in us. We're all hardwired. We're all wired. The Spirit of God, like these speakers, are in each and every one. And the Father's talking to us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, the Father's teaching me. I'm taught by God. Don't mess with me. Holy Spirit's not doing his own thing. Holy Spirit's not doing his own thing. Just like Jesus didn't do his own thing. See, look at that. Look how Jesus and the Holy Spirit totally looked to the Father for everything. Totally dependent on the Father to give the wisdom, the revelation, see. See, I'm leaning, I'm leaning on the inner speaker is what to say. See? So he has said some things to me already, and so for the direction of where we're going today, and so he's already given that to me. So we're just going to follow him how that is said and how that's done. See? We're just being led by the Spirit of God. But we're trusting that the Father is just speaking using this apparatus called Stephen. That's just the apparatus that he's using. Pass to Stephen. But it's Father God that's talking to you, that's teaching you, that's helping you. Somebody say, I got a father. He's a good, good father. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, going back to John 8, verse 28 Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself. But as the Father taught me, I speak these things. Verse 29. And He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. So He sent me. He's with me. He's not left me alone because I'm not doing anything to shoo him away. I'm not doing anything to cast him away from me. I'm not doing my own thing where I'm running into places and doing things and saying things and being part of things that grieve him. And I just said, well, Father, you're my father on Sunday, but right now the devil, (laughs) the devil is my father. You want the devil to be your father, the devil be your father, and he'll teach you to. Oh, he's a good, good teacher of hellish, evil things. He knows how to produce death and destruction in people's lives. And there's a lot of folks that are very attentive to the devil's talk, and they listen to him. That's why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. 
and the voice of an idiot, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So if we're just following the Father, then we're always going to be doing those things that are pleasing in His sight. But if we're following the devil, then obviously that's displeasing to him, and we're not going to be taught by him. We're going to get away, get away from So the Father is with me so long as I'm with the Father. Isn't that good news? In other words, God's not just going to up and leave. You're the one that has to up and leave. You're the one that has to walk away. Someone says, well, pastor, I feel like I have walked away. Well, then walk back. Walk back. No, I feel like it's too late. Well, I think you want it to be too late. That's why you're saying you feel like it's too late. You just don't want to come back. You want to play in the mud. You want to sling mud. That's what you want to do. You just want to play with the pigs. And so that's why people say, ah, it's just too late for me. Yeah, where do you get that? You just make up your own doctrine? It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, repent. And God will forgive you and he will wash you and he'll restore you. Just like he did the piggy prodigal son that Jesus talked about in the word. Run back to him. Oh, I just feel like it's too late. I just feel like I'm so unworthy. I feel like I'm so unworthy. Great cop out for saying, I just don't want God and I just want to keep acting like a devil. Well, that'll get you killed. So have fun. Because it's just short-lived fun. But you follow the Father. He'll teach you. And you'll enjoy pleasures forevermore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, you'll experience goodness from the inside out, not just a cheap thrill on the outside. You'll have it going on inside and out. You'll be happy on the inside even when on the outside it don't look happy. Somehow you'll still find some happiness in there because your happiness is from the inside out. That's where you and I are living. So we're not looking for an excuse to get away from the Father. We're going to stay with the Father and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And then I like what Psalm 41, verse 11 says. By this I know that you are well pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. Isn't that good? (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. You watch time and time again. The enemies of God, your enemies will fall. They will not triumph over us because the Father's with us. Because we're not forsaking the Father. We're going to stay with Him. Can you say amen? Amen. And then Jesus said over in 1 John chapter 3. Verse 22, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Notice the confidence that a person has when they let God be their father and their teacher. And they, and they cling to him and stay close to him and they walk with him. Man, such faith comes. And whatever they ask, they receive. Because they do those things that are pleasing to him. What's pleasing? What's pleasing to him? Loving him, receiving from him, following him. That's it. That's it. It's not hard. Only one thing's needed, church. If you've gotten away from it, get back to it. Only one thing's needed, and it's him. It's him. It's him. It's knowing the Father. It's being taught by the Father. It's being led by the Father. 
Faith comes by hearing from the Father. Faith comes from knowing the Father. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And no devil's going to triumph over us. Because we know the Father. There's a generation of believers that are rising up who know the Father. And they're bringing the love of the Father, the life of the Father, the glory of the Father to this generation. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet and thank Him. Praise God. Give Him the praise that He deserves. Give Him the glory and the honor, the shout that He deserves. Woo, hallelujah. He's your Father. He's your God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.